This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hi, this is Joey, and this is my real voice. I'm serious. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by T Public. Go to the Animaniacast T Public store by going to tpublic.animaniacast.com today. Better do it, or else my voice will be like this forever. Help me. Bye. And welcome, everybody, to episode 74 of the Animaniacast. Since we could think for ourselves We've wondered what will happen to us But it can't be foretold What the future will hold If you'll get rich or get hit by a bus The surprises in life they were supposed to land on their feet. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give every episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan, the San Francisco Treat. And across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hi there. Hi, Kelly. Well, we're this is like old times here, Kelly, because... Well, Kelly's still across the country, but Nathan, <laughs> once again, is sitting right, right across the table from me, uh, which is very interesting. He's, are you taking pictures of me right nope. now with your phone? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but he's holding his phone up to me, which is weird. Uh, he's checking show notes. That's what he's doing. Anyway. Getting all ready. <laughs> Getting ready. Started? When do we start? I don't know. Was, should we start again? No, we're going to keep going. But <laughs> uh, Kelly, you weren't here last week. It's it's glad to, glad to have you back on once again. Because we're here. I'm glad to be back. Yes, we miss you. One of these days, we're all going to get around the the same table at the same time and talk and with Sp- Steven Spielberg. We'll oh all yeah, be in the same room. It'll be us three and Steven Spielberg at the same time. Speaking of Steven Spielberg, um, Omaze is doing a contest where you can win um, win a trip to go see the premiere of Ready Player One. Uh huh. And you can buy so many. Um, 
you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, chances to win. And, and I, the money goes to, to the Starlight Foundations, I, I believe. And then you can spin a wheel and get more chances. So now I've got, I'm up to 3,000 chances. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, you, and you've seen Ready Player Not obsessed. Not obsessed. <laughs> hashtag not obsessed. Have you, you've seen Ready Player One, right? No, not yet. Oh. I, I, Word is that we'll uh, we'll get a press screening the week of release. Okay, I've heard I've heard good things. South by Southwest. I, I'm hearing overall positive uh, yeah. reviews of it, and you know a lot of people seem to be really kind of hesitant about it. So I'm I'm very glad of the good reviews. Yeah, South by Southwest. Uh, the folks over there said uh, it was good stuff. So I'm I'm yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Me too. All right. Well. Let's go ahead and get into today's Spielbergian episode. Well, sort of Spielbergian. He executive produced this episode, so it's Spielbergian. Sure. Uh, <laughs> By default. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is episode 74 of Animaniacs, which includes the segments The Tiger Prince, All the Words in the English Language, The Kid in the Lid, and Method to Her Madness. And Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? All right, so this episode first premiered on Saturday, September 30th, 1995, which uh, was just two days after Batman Forever was released in the Czech Republic. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was also one day after the O.J. Simpson trial went to uh, was sent to the jury for a verdict, where he uh, would, in a few days would be found not guilty. Mm. And then it was three days before Oasis released their second album, What's the Story? Morning Glory, which would uh, sell a record-setting 347,000 copies. And probably nothing else to do with Bye Bye Birdie other than the title, I'm assuming. I, I don't know the album, but it was a popular <laughs> album that year. Second most popular. Wow. Well, we're in OJ years at this time. Mm-hmm. That just is ending. Just ending. Boy, oh boy. Our mom was obsessed with the O.J. Simpson trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would watch it every day. It was crazy. I don't know. What do you... If the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. There, there we go. <laughs> and that's true to this day. It set precedence. It set precedence. Whenever they would bring this person in, they said, like, hey, wear this glove. Wait, does the glove fit? <laughs> Sorry, we got to Somebody quit. find a glove. We got to quit him. Sorry. Darn. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go ahead and get to today's episode discussion, and let's start off with something very Disney-esque, really, and it is the Tiger Prince. Hello, listener. This is Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko and Animaniacs, and you're listening to Cast, which is the best thing you could possibly listen to, especially if you're not wearing pants. I'd love to go on talking to you, but I can't because I've got a potty emergency. See you later. And The Tiger Prince was written by Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Liz Halsman. And what what can we say about this? This is this is a parody of The Lion King, and it looks it, it's a shot by shot, uh, you know, you know, beginning of The Lion King for the most yeah, part, most, pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and even like note for note, um, like yeah, the the song even sounds almost exactly the same. Yeah. They 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 dip it. They, you a know, they do their bit, yeah, just, but not even as much. It's it's. It sounds more like it than usual. Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. I agree. It sounds much more like the Circle of Life than uh, you did than say like the Beauty and the Beast parodies did in which yeah. one or something. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, so in, but in this one, it's called the Surprises in Life instead of the Circle of Life, and uh, Yako is essentially playing the part of Rafiki. He even walks like Rafiki. He yep. sw- he swings <laughs> down out of the tree like Rafiki, and yep. he walks with a stick. And uh, holds a little tiger off of, uh, I don't know if it's Pride Rock, but a very similar rock. (laughs) 
and <laughs> unfortunately drops the baby. Baby tiger. <laughs> baby yeah. tiger. And, uh, and he says, ooh, I, I thought they were supposed to land on their feet. So poor little baby tiger. Anyway, I, there's not much more to say about what's in it, but it's just really good. It looks really cool. And it yeah. reminded me a lot of The Lion King. Uh, what did you guys think about this opening segment? Kelly? Well, I mean, as someone who saw The Lion King four times in the theater when it came out, um, I yeah, I'm pretty... I'm pretty well, you know, equipped to to say that it is almost a shot by shot replica of Lion King, and I I thought the animation was beautiful. I I liked it. I thought the lyrics were, you know, a fun play on the words of Circle of Life. Uh, it made me want to go watch the Lion King again because I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, but uh, yeah, even the way Yakko moved when he was approaching the the little baby tiger and i mean his movements just mimicked rafiki so much and it was it was just fun to watch and and very timely because what when did this come out like 94 95 95 95. so it was just one year and lion king came out like 94 so you know very timely it was a really big blockbuster for disney and um yeah it was cool yeah, the singing was was really awesome. Like you were mentioning, Cree Summer, who voices Elmira, mm-hmm. um, really did a fantastic she job. She puts a singing. lot of emotion in it. So. Absolutely. I thought it was her when I was listening to it. I was like, yeah. And, uh, and I'm totally forgetting uh, his name now off the top of my head. It's, uh, oh gosh, it's Rob Paulson. No, Hondo Anaka. <laughs> I, I keep, I, I always want to say it, uh, Hondo Anaka. Jim Cummings uh, does the beginning of it. And it just sounds it, like Hondo from the Clone Wars and Rebels to in, me. Interestingly enough, um, Jim Cummings was the voice of, well, if you want to call it the voice, of uh, one of the hyenas in The Lion King. That's which right. My favorite, Ed. <laughs> it's not funny, Ed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ed. Like, I have every piece of Ed merchandise ever made because there's not much. So that's an easy collection for me. Yeah. So I love Ed. He makes me laugh so much. So yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting with Jim Cummings there. I didn't, I didn't even get that connection right there, but that, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I guess there's some, you know, they're, they were actually saying some stuff instead of, you know, um, the kind of chanting in the, in the beginning, some stuff like, uh, I know it's just a lot of walla, which is uh, walla is apparently an, indust- an industry term for background dialogue, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a cute stuff. And there's a bunch of stuff about the surprises in life, like being a punch in the face or a sock in the face or something like that. As as happy as the tune is, there's a lot of uh, you know violence violence going on <laughs> in, in the end right there. But it's cute. It's a great song. Anything yeah. you want to say about it, Ethan? No, I'm just very impressed that they would put so much work into such a silly joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it did look awesome. I mean, even like the shot of the ants kind of walking yeah. across the tree just looks uh, looks really cool. So anyway, well, let's go ahead and get into uh, the other bit of filler. And there's three parts to this in this. Uh, but this is all the words in the English language. Now, Yakko Warner sings all of the words in the English language. 
Aardvark abating, a pet abdicating, abandon, a base and a breast. A blaze and ablution, abhor and abusion, abbreviate, abbey obsessed. Abduct and ablation, abridge and abrasion, abash and abrupt and abride. Abscond and absentia, absent abstentia, abdomen ably abide. Abominable, abrogate, absent. The lyrics of this were by Randy Rogel and Paul Rugg. And uh, this segment, again, is directed by Liz Halsman as well. And this is the sequel to Yakko's World. Except, mm. which of course was such a big hit and yeah. continues to be to this day. But how do you up that? Well, of course, you have to sing all the words in the English language. So Yakko uh, starts with the A's and Dot and Dick Button are there to to narrate and kind of give the play-by-play uh, through all the words. And, you know, we go to cartoons and we come back and he's getting through the L's. He has a little bit of trouble with the F's. Yeah, which is funny. Welcome back. Yakko's now at the L's as he tries to sing all the words in the English language. A slight mistake at the F's. Here's what it looked like. Facial and faction and fractal and fraction and fraudulent fragrant frappe. Frankincense, 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 shoot, yada yada flambe. Now that mistake could have proved costly for Yakko, but he recovered beautifully. And then at the very end, he, uh, he finally passes out, but luckily it gets just enough energy to say Zaire, and therefore says all the <laughs> words in the English language. And uh, and they'll be back, what, next week with all the numbers over zero? Yep. So It's only infinity of them. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, and apparently Yakko has been doing that the entire time as they've been off the air. They've been just doing the numbers. So Yeah, hopefully that's where they pick up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that, that's, our, that's our segment right there. All the, you know all the words in the English language. This is featured on the CD variety pack, um, which I'm most accustomed to that version. And this version is a little different. Like it was, sometimes you listen to the CD version and the version on the cartoon and you can tell, you know, it's just the clean audio track that they just put onto the CD. But in this case, it's like they recorded it two different times. Some of the verses are on the CD and some of them aren't. I think most of them aren't that are on this episode. But I don't know. I thought it was a cute cartoon. Uh, I had no idea who Dick Button was as a kid. And honestly, I still, I still didn't don't, really know. I like that he voiced himself. <laughs> exactly. He was a, I, did you have any uh, familiarity with Dick Button at all, Kelly? No, I, I, I looked him up or, or I saw in the show notes that, that he actually is a, a figure skating commentator or, or was. And um, I, I could tell they were doing parody of, of figure skating you know, coverage like you'd see on the Olympics. Um, but I thought it was just a parody of, you know, your standard um, commentator or, you know, it, it possibly even a, a specific person, but I didn't realize he, he was the actual person. Yeah. I, I, I remember first watching this or perhaps listening to the CD that my father really thought it was funny that Dick Button was actually doing his voice. I had no idea who Dick Button was at the time, <laughs> but again, it's just, it's funny that, um, that these kind of obscure people would agree to be on shows like Animaniacs and would continue to be like when you get into shows like Pinky and the Brain and then, uh, uh, shows like Freakazoid, like Norm Abram, who used, uh, who used to be on This Old House, uh, has a very prominent, very important role, I should say, on the last episode of the show Freakazoid, mm. which uh, I always love that. And so this is kind of in the same 
same genre, I suppose. Just getting well, weird I mean, people on. Yeah, asked to do a voice for a show that's executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Wouldn't you do it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Say, hi, this is Joey. And they go, who? <laughs> <laughs> I go, voice to him himself. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, let's go ahead and get to our major segments, though, of today. I think this was, Nathan, anything to, anything to say about uh, this one right here? Before it's, we move it's on? a funny segment. I like it. well in that case let's go ahead and move on straight to our first major segment and this is called the kid in the lid and the kid in the lid was written by paul rugg and tom ruger and it was directed by al zegler nathan Tell us here, what happens in The Kid in the Lid? All right, you uh, Cat in the Hat fans are going to enjoy this one. Uh, This one is a Dr. Seuss parody about uh, how hot it is outside, and the kids are bored because they can't go outside, it's too hot. And then uh, Yakko comes over and starts uh, having fun with them and kind of destroying their house. Uh, And their parents are away, just like in Cat in the Hat. And then he comes back. Except the parents of this one are like in the Bahamas. Yeah, they're in the Bahamas at the beach. <laughs> Something so. which I thought was like great. You know, these these parents must go to the same uh, family. You know, people as like Mindy's parents or something like they just leave their kids alone in the house for weeks at a time yeah so (laughs) anyway who wants to be in town the first silly thing we can do said the kid is play with some glue said the kid in the lid lots of wet glue we'll make a big mess we'll glue things together your parents will stress but our parents were out they were gone for a week to be truthful they've been gone for a 90-day streak the last that we heard they were in the bahamas leaving us here to face childhood traumas after breaking the toilet and flooding the city, he leaves and gets uh, his uh, brothers, uh, brother and sister, Dot and Wacko, uh, and they uh, also continue destroying the house. Uh, Charleston Woodchuck is also there. Uh, he gets trapped in the toilet. And once the house is completely destroyed, the Warners leave, the parents come home, and it looks like the kids are going to be grounded. But then the Warners come back and say, just kidding, we'll... and they rebuild the house. It looks uh, excellent, and the uh, the parents have green ham. <laughs> I didn't see eggs. No, they didn't have just, the green eggs and ham, just the just green, green ham. ham. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the end of the segment. Which, by the way, I guess it is, I always thought it was green eggs, like green eggs, mm-hmm. but it is green eggs and green ham, right? Because the, the... Well, it's just green eggs and ham. Green eggs and ham, but the ham is green too, right, in the book? I can't remember. Okay. I mean, it should just be green eggs and yeah. ham. And then ham, but... The ham. There's I don't know. nothing wrong with the ham. Send in your thoughts. Is it green eggs and green ham, or just green <laughs> eggs and normal ham? Animaticast. <laughs> this at is going to be our poll. Dot com. Our Next poll week. for the week: <laughs> green eggs and ham. No, that's it, but that's that's a that's a good summary there. It's yeah, it's the uh, the summer. You know, the it summarizes the that's cat what in a the summary hat. does. It's a, it's a summary does. <laughs> you did that. It's the cat in a hat story. The only other huge references I guess I could catch from other stuff is. They get glue at the very beginning to have fun with glue. Mm. And the little boy, whose name is Scooter, I believe, says, let's glue it in a kind of Nike, let's do it Mm. kind of way. So I thought that was kind of cute. And, of course, they keep bringing up up the San Francisco treat a few times, which, depending if you, uh, on your point of view, is either rice-a-roni or glidden paint. (laughs) Ha, 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 we gotcha. Yeah, we were just kidding. 
We'll rebuild your house and then paint it with Glidden. The San Francisco Treat. Glidden Paint, the San Francisco Treat. Yes, delicious. Nathan and I was talking about the Baynards. Baynards yeah, on top on, of on his, Charlton's. Yeah, on his cage that he's in. It says Baynards. It's crossed out and it says Charlton underneath. And Kelly, do you... I remember we just we just last saw Charlton Woodchuck, Woodchuck in a Slappy cartoon. And she calls him Baynards. And he goes, it's Charlton. And I had no idea why she was calling him Baynards. Do you remember why he had Baynards crossed off on his cage? Because... Nathan and I had to look it up because we totally forgot this plot point. Well, he was in an earlier cartoon where he he left home, right? Yes. And was his name in that cartoon? Yeah. I guess, yeah, before he mm. left to Hollywood, right? Yeah, and then when he got to Hollywood, he changed his name to Charlton. Charlton. So, yes. So, his stage name is Charlton. <laughs> Chuck. But his family knows him as Baynards. So, there you are. Such a weird name Baynards. i don't even know if that's a real name but it's it's his name so even though he's trying to cover it up uh what do you guys think what do you what are some funny funny moments in this cartoon that you really liked nathan let's start I, with you i really like the animation they did a really good job of doing a dr seuss kind of animation to it it really did look like very seussian right yeah and then the uh when all the neighborhood is swimming in the toilet water it's a it was a fun rhyme Kids came from all over to splash in the lake. Not knowing the source was our potty break. They're swimming in water straight out of our toilet. Think we should tell them? Nah, that'd just spoil it. Yeah, the 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 look of the characters I think really was was awesome because and I thought about it like at first I thought the boy scooter was actually Colin, you know, the yeah, random human kid. That too. I had to look it up and go, is this Colin or is this just another kid in that same style? And it turns out it's a totally different kid just in that same style. And when I thought about it being Susian looking, it really kind of made sense because if that little kid design is based off of Chuck Jones's original designs of the 1940s and 50s and stuff, there was this character named Ralph Phillips, which was a little boy who had a big imagination. And he looks exactly like, you know, the Randy Beeman kid, Colin, and then later translated to Animaniacs. Well, Chuck Jones not only did that original kind of design of that little boy, but he later, you know, animated or at least directed the uh, Grinch Who Stole Christmas and stuff. So it's all very Seussian and it all kind of goes together and and looks cool. Uh, Kelly, what about you? What was some uh, stuff in this cartoon you liked? I thought the lyrics were so great. Um, you know, they they were able to. I mean, it, it was a, a pretty lengthy segment, and the the rhyming I thought was incredible, and and of course it it had that Susian um, sound to it or, or cadence, I guess, what what if you'd like to call it, but um, it just it flowed and. I just I loved listening to it. I thought it was it was so well done, and um, you know I wondered how long it took them to to come up with that, and because uh, it, it was a lot of rhymes and trying to fit words together, and you know it seemed like it'd be longer than than you know a song, mm-hmm. and uh, so I I really enjoyed that, and you know I I thought I thought the kids were cute. I thought the the little boy was the Randy Beeman kid too. Yeah, yeah. That little boy, Scooter, 
I had to look him up because I was like, is this Colin voicing him? Is it one of the Ruger boys? What's, you know, who is voicing him? Mm-hmm. It was voiced by a boy named Scott McAfee, and he went on to voice Littlefoot, not in the original Land Before Time, but in Land Before Time 2, and I think at least one other sequel or so. And he was also in a an episode of Freakazoid where he was playing a, a little obo- a, a little obese boy. Uh, with Fat Man, who would not give Fat Man his I remember that episode. Cinnabon or, or his mm-hmm. little sticky roll, or I think something. It was something in that lunchbox that he would. Louis, mm-hmm. give me your sticky bun. Anyway, so that he hasn't done you know too much voice work, but he's done uh you know did a bunch of kid work when he was younger. So there you go. <laughs> My point, Louis. Ha ha ha. My point. My point is, do you have another delicious and yummy sweet bun in there? Hey, let go! Come on, Louie, let me just check. No, that's my lunch! Uh, uh. Louis, it's just a sweet bun. Knock it off! Louis, give me that sweet bun! No! Boy blubber, a little help here, please. One last thing I'll mention that I thought just looked kind of cool before we move on was when the water flooded the house. Mm-hmm. I really liked how water even came out of the stove. I just <laughs> thought that was a cute, like, one-second uh, thing that they added. They didn't have to add, but it just, again, it just looked cool. I like that he, uh, Charleston, was still stuck in the toilet, and then that may be why he never shows up again. Yeah, we just... never saw him again in the show. <laughs> never. Poor guy. But not until the reboot when he breaks out. <laughs> when he of the breaks toilet. out of the toilet, <laughs> all continuity. Kids WB will be right back. Yup, after these messages, and we, we hope, hope that, that you'll be back too. The kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Schwa and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on RetroZap.com. Part of the RetroZap Network. Hey, Robert, why should people listen to another retro gaming podcast? I mean, our cast, David, we do have to keep this short, you know. Yes, well, I guess we should start with the fact we celebrate old school video games. And we have awesome guests and game giveaways. Don't forget that. Plus our game show and your favorite segment, Random Select. <sighs> Don't remind me. Are we done yet? Listen to our cast, another retro gaming podcast, part of RetroZap.com. Finally, back to my beer. Hello, genius people. Yakko Warner here. The only show we listen to in the Water Tower is the Animaniacast. I bet you can't guess why. Good night, everybody! All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, and it is called Method to Her Madness. And Method to Her Madness was written by Jeff Quitney, and it was directed by Liz Halsman and Kelly Tell us what happens here in Method to Her Madness. Skippy is has joined an, an acting class, and Slappy goes along with him. She's paying for the lessons, apparently. And it's set, what, in, I don't know if they give the exact year, but it's like the 1950s. And he he's like this little beatnik, and he keeps going, Daddy-o, and 
cool man and you know kind of reminiscent of his woodstock slappy uh, yeah persona but like 20 years earlier <laughs> so he's in the acting class and there's people there like marlon brando and marilyn monroe and they think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread they think he's so talented and um you know want want his uh, advice on things and, and they really look up to him and uh slappy thinks the whole thing is silly and she she doesn't understand what what they're doing and she's like you know why why don't you teach real method acting like you know comedic timing and pratfalls and uh what was it p- piano dropping on the on your head yeah and uh, so <laughs> which of course you know immediately happened right after that mm-hmm. and uh she just she doesn't get it but they they're sort of parroting the the method acting which I mean, I, I could be mistaken, but that's sort of what Daniel Day-Lewis does, I think, where you really embrace the character and kind of become the character and, you know, use it to uh, improve your, your acting abilities or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So uh, Slappy thinks it's ridiculous. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> yep. Well, of course, she she thinks it's ridiculous, but, but before leaving, she blows everybody up basically to help them with oh. their method <laughs> yeah she teaches they all end up acting better if you consider looney tunes acting being better acting yeah the the they they have some really they looked really good like a lot like they're acting uh you know their caricatures until they get dynamite and stuff in their hands and then they they look become scary look yeah. kind of they all look like large marge from yes, yes that's yes. it i was gonna say like rat fink or something but yeah large marge <laughs> is is very just like <laughs> that's that's judge doom oh yeah oh no wait. either way judge doom uh <laughs> judge doom also looks judge, like yeah that, exactly so. there were so many nightmarish characters from our childhood there really were there really were well it's so uh, this just kind of fits in so good good work animaniacs <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's, um, there's some good scenes right there and some good references. Obviously there's a ton of, uh, celebrity caricatures. You mentioned a, a few of them, Kelly. I, I just wrote down a few of the ones that I could see, uh, James Dean, Liza Minnelli, Marilyn Monroe, Carl Malden, Jack Nicholson, uh, Marlon Brando, Paul Newman, Jackie Gleason, and several others that, that are in there as mm-hmm. well. Uh, <laughs> Slappy asks for to, to get uh, Dr. Kevorkian on the line, which for some of our younger listeners, you may not have any idea who Do- Jack Kevorkian is, but uh, for those of us in the know, he, of course, is the, the doctor who uh, was, you know, guy who would do assisted suicide for those people. So if, so basically, yeah, Slappy's asking to be someone to help, <laughs> help her a commit suicide. A perfect pop culture reference for a children's cartoon. Very much. <laughs> well, I know who do- I I think everybody, especially in the 80s and, you know, 90s, everyone knew who Jack Kevorkian was. He was like on the news every day, like Dr. Death, you know, putting another person <laughs> it was just it was all the time. You couldn't escape Jack Kevorkian's uh exploits and stuff. But Skippo, as an actor, how do I free my internal emotional life? Prunes ought to do it. No, man. Don't act, just be. It's deep. So's a coma, which might be more enjoyable than this class. Somebody get Kevorkian on the phone! Another big reference to On the Waterfront and uh, Streetcar Named Desire Mm -hmm. in this. Uh, 
Skippy sits down with Marlon Brando and uh, does the whole little on the waterfront scene with I'm a bum. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. Hey, Stella! Stella! And then the yell Stella. Stella. Which I was like, is that the same movie? I thought that was Streetcar Named Desire because I haven't seen Streetcar Named Desire. I've just seen, mm-hmm. of course, The Simpsons. Stella. From Streetcar. Yeah, Stella's yes. from Streetcar. Well, I just Name know. Marge. The, yeah, I know. I just know from <laughs> The Simpsons. That's all I know. Stella! Stella! Can't you hear me yell? You're putting me through hell. Stella! Stella! But that, that's pretty much it for the mm-hmm. references. What, are you, what else did I miss? Anything? Well, I believe this is the episode that Nathan Ruger was talking about when he was when he learned that acting was hard. Yeah, he mentioned that to us. I'll put a little clip of it right here. I think the hardest for me, I may be jumping into answering some questions that may have been submitted, was easily uh, um, Method to Her Madness, that specific uh, piece of an episode. I forget the episode number off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I that was one that I remember getting a lot of coaching because I was... 10, 11, 12, um, and for the first time had to watch a uh, movie uh, that had method acting in it. Uh, it's a brilliant idea for a cartoon, having a like little squirrel nephew teach his old, well-known actress uh, cartoon character how to act, and everyone in the acting studio is a famous method actor. But I remember being young and watching On the Waterfront for the first time, and <laughs> exposed to like you know the Stanislavski method of having you know emotive memories and when you need to cry you think about your dog dying and trying to do that while standing next to me is another actor who was hired to do his impression of Marlon Brando and that was kind of when for me the uh the rubber met the road of like oh acting is hard (laughs) <laughs> this involves a lot of work. You don't just show up and make nice, funny sounds with your mouth into a microphone. I think it's cool that Nate Ruger figured out how hard acting was in an episode that deals with acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Um, I guess there's one more thing in the in the background. There's, they show a lot of uh, you know signs of movie theaters or perhaps they're Broadway plays and. One of them mm-hmm. says, instead of who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, it kind of, it looks like it probably says who's afraid of Walter Wolf. Yeah, it just but says it, Walter. It gets cut off, but, but you would make sense to be Walter It makes sense because there's a Walter Wolf in the... Yeah, in the slappy cartoon. So, <laughs> and really, who's afraid of him? Who is afraid of Walter Wolf? Not, <laughs> I don't think anybody is really. It's definitely not slappy. Um, anyway, uh, Nathan, Kelly, any other things in this cartoon you thought were cool or... Uh, humorous or what it do you think? Reminds me of Tropic Thunder, the the method of becoming the person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not to that extreme that <laughs> Tropic Thunder, but yeah. Um, I was I I wish that uh, your wife Jordan was in the room, Nathan, because yeah. we could ask Jordan about uh, acting classes. Jordan, she, get in here! No, she's she's, <laughs> she's about five hundred miles away. I don't know if we can get her right now, but <laughs> uh, Kelly, what about you? Um. No, I don't really have anything else. All right. Well, um, gosh, I think that that's it. That's it for this episode. So let's go ahead 
and get to our water tower rating. Well, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Nathan, what do you think? I'm going to give it four water towers. Four? Why is that? Uh, I enjoyed all the segments. It had some uh, fun music, uh, and Yakko was uh, particularly good. He got some good starring things in it. Uh, He struggled with the words. Get to see him struggle through that. (laughs) Shoot! Yeah. (laughs) And then, you you know, he seems like he can do anything as uh, the kid in the lid, so very funny. Yeah, that was perfect casting, by the way, with Kid in the Lid, with him as Cat in the Hat, yeah. the Thing 1 and Thing if 2. If the Slappy and Squirrel one was better, you know, if that was better, then i give it even higher. Yeah. But, yeah. And we did learn a fact about Wacko, too. He's hypoglycemic. So That's there right. you go. We got a little fact. Kelly, what about you? How many water towers would you give this episode? I will also give it four. I, I also liked all the segments and uh, thought everything was really clever and, and fun. All right, and I'll give it four as well. We're in triple agreement. Yeah. It's a four water tower episode. So, yeah, very, just like you guys said, it's, it has a lot of funny stuff and some some moments of really fantastic animation in it. So um, it, it really has a lot of great stuff that Animaniacs uh, is known for. So four water towers from me. Well, let's go ahead and get to our poll results because we had a poll not... Two while ago, <laughs> too long ago. But it was kind of a long time. It was ago. kind of a long time. It was ago. like a month ago. Yeah, wow, it's really been that long. My goodness. Well, we had two special episodes. Two special episodes. So it's been a while. So Nathan, tell us what was our our question. All right. So uh, which of these Animaniacs cartoons has the best appearance of Steven Spielberg? Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, hashtag. That anim- was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag Animaniacs <laughs> poll. Uh, so the choices were hooked on a ceiling. Variety Speak, three tenors and you're out. Uh, three tenors and you're out had 7%. Variety Speak had 29%. But Hooked on a Ceiling, of course, wins with 64%. Woo-hoo. I'm shocked that it, it wasn't an all-out blowout. Like 99% <laughs> for... Exactly. <laughs> because in the other roles, he doesn't even talk. talk yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, he does have more appearances in, you know, Pinky and the Brain and Tiny Toons mm-hmm. and Freakazoid and all those kinds of things. But um, when it comes to Animaniacs, the only ones we could find, at least the ones we've seen so far, it, have been those three appearances. Yeah. And two out of three, he doesn't even talk. So Yeah, and he's, what, like, in Variety Speak, where you got almost a third of it, like, you only see him for, like, a second. Like, yeah. Well, you know, it, hey, he's still got whatever. some people voting for him. So people like it. Good for that. That's Just, awesome. <laughs> well, let, what's our poll for this week, Nathan? All right, so this will be a fun one. Um, it is something. No, I got it. Okay, <laughs> what? Which of these is the best variant verse round? I don't know what round this is. Um, <laughs> we've done at least once before. Uh, so the choices this time are hydroplaney, penny laney, no pain, no gainy, and uh. Oh, I thought you were oh, good one. <laughs> the third option is. No, that's the fourth option. The fourth option is... Uh, uh, there we are. Yes. That was today's variable verse. Yep. Which we always forget to mention these days because... Well, we should because 
they're different now yeah, for the most actually, part. This season we've gotten all new ones. Yeah, so, so it's like we should be mentioning them, but we've got to... Well, there we just mentioned a bunch. There's four of them from this season. <laughs> there, yeah, if we don't mention them from now on, we'll just do them in a poll to catch up on yeah, some of the ones go. we missed. So that'll work. <laughs> so, All right, well, let us know what you think. Which of those is the best variable verse? You can let us know by going to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag Animaniacast poll. Well, before we get to contact information and everything like that, let's get to a little bit of some feedback for Rob Paulson is one of the nicest people on earth. Um, Thank you. So... We have a lot of emails. Last week, we we uh, decided to do just a special episode. It was Rob Paulson's birthday, so we decided to do a quick little tribute. But we had so many people <laughs> email us that we would have had a three-hour episode probably easy. And uh, the emails continue to come in from people who say uh, why they think Rob Paulson is one of the nicest people on Earth. And so we're going to read a couple more emails today. But before we do... Kelly, could you share some of your thoughts or memories of uh, meeting Rob Paulson or interact your interactions with him at all over the years? Yeah, I um, I first met him when he came to Atlanta for um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a convention. It was uh, kind of it was it was I guess you'd call it more like a seminar about voice voice acting, and I. I went not because I'm I want to be a voice actor. Although he told me with with my my accent I probably be a good voice actor, um, <laughs> and I kind of laughed that off. But uh, he talked about how he got in the business and you know his favorite roles and things like that. He mentioned Steven Spielberg, which made me super excited, and. I asked him how many you know takes it took for him to get the Yakko's world correct, you know, for the show, and he said it only took two takes. And I told him that I, I could sing the song from memory, and um, he said, "Well, do y'all y'all want he you know do y'all want to hear me sing it?" And of course, we all wanted to hear him sing it. Nobody wanted to hear me sing it. <laughs> and uh, he he said, "This is for my friend Kelly, who you knows the words to the song." Um, you know, here we go. And so he sang it and I, I taped it or, you know, recorded it with my phone. And I just thought that was really sweet and fun because I was hoping that he would perform that live because this was before I, at least as far as I'm aware, he wasn't doing regular convention appearances, at least not in the Atlanta area. So that was like the first time I'd ever seen him perform it. And, and of course now, you know, the, he's got the, the traveling show and he goes to all the conventions and stuff, but I was super, super excited. And he did, uh, autographs at the end and took pictures with everybody who had attended and was just so nice and, and genuine. And, uh, it was a really fun afternoon. I was, um, kind of intimidated cause you know, I went by myself and I was like, I, I don't know, you know, if I'm gonna be able to talk to him. I, was still kind of early in my press days of a big shiny robot, but no, he was just so warm and, and nice and it was, it was so much fun. That's a fantastic story. And yeah, that's, and uh, that's what we hear a lot from people is just the warmth from Rob. And uh, he really cares about his fans. He really just, he's just a really awesome guy. So 
with that in mind, Nathan, mm-hmm. let's read a couple more emails. That okay, we have. hand me one. All right. You read that Bully. one. Bully. All right. All right. I'm going to read this. This is from Gelsey Garcia. Um, she says, I met this wonderful man at Stan Lee Comic Con 2016 in the Los Angeles Convention Center and also spoke with Maurice LaMarche, and they were both so terribly nice. Whenever I spoke to Rob, he kept calling me sweetie. When I talked to Maurice about voice acting, he pointed out it wasn't really easy because you have to play around with your voice to make it sound perfect. I also asked Rob if he would ever want to become a grandfather, and he said that was completely up to his son and his wife. (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's like, I don't really have any control of that. Uh, Well, this other one right here is from a longtime listener, Cameron Brewer, who is at yes underscore we underscore cam 98 on Twitter. And uh, Cameron, I got to meet at uh, Tucson Comic Con and at Animaniacs Live slash Animaniacs in Concert. I'm not exactly sure what they're calling it these days, but it was when Rob Paulson and Randy O'Gale came here to Tucson. Here is what Cameron had to say. Dear Animaniacast, hello to Joey, Nathan, and Kelly. Hi, Cameron. Hi. (laughs) I first learned about Rob Paulson from a Wikipedia article about Animaniacs. I was just starting to get into voice acting and was curious. As you can imagine, I was, as the kids say, shook. I couldn't believe that Yakko Warner was also Carl Weezer, PJ in Goof Troop, and the sandwich guy in Lilo and Stitch. I started searching more about him and soon realized that he was not only a great actor and singer, but a fantastic human being as well. The kindness and humility that this man shows is something that we should all try to emulate. Watching this man made me realize that, yes, I absolutely want to be a voice actor. I am still a huge fan of Rob to this day and always will be. Cameron, thank you very much for that. Um, We have so many more emails to go through. We'll read at least two or three more next week as well, guys, as we continue our segment of Rob Paulson. One of the nicest people on Earth. But until then, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. So, Nathan, where can people go to get in contact with you online? Oh, boy. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. Uh, Django FD. That's me. <laughs> All right. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also at Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. Or you can email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. Fantastic. And as for the Animini cast, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. And uh, a bunch of other places too. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player of your choice, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, or or you can simply go to animanicast.com and that will take you straight on over to our retrozap.com archives retrozap.com is the place to be for all your pop culture needs there's tons of articles and podcasts and videos there every single day check it out you won't be disappointed well with that i think it's time to wrap it up so for nathan and kelly this is joey saying good night everybody good night everybody good night everybody
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. According to legend, General Grievous was known to boast of the number of lightsabers he had acquired from the bodies of his slain Jedi enemies. Grievous was the first in a long tradition of collectors of rare items, a tradition that continues to this day on the RetroZap podcast known as the Dork Lair. Dork Lair. together across the television dial are the four greatest superhero podcasts on the internet. Green Justice and Arrow Podcast, Scarlet Velocity, a Flash Podcast, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Case Files, and Terrigen Dreams, and Inhumans Podcast. Join super friends Jovial J and Jedi Schwa weekly as they provide commentary and discussion on your favorite heroes. Only on RetroZap.com. <laughs> 